Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. Today's the end of Holy Week, or towards the end of Holy Week, and it's really two, two days merged in together tonight that we're, we're, we're reflecting on. Last, yesterday was Thursday, and often called Maundy Thursday, this, the, just commemorating the Last Supper of Jesus with his disciples. And today is Good Friday, remembering the death of Jesus on the cross. And we're going to take communion in a few moments. And that's why when you walked in, you got a little plastic bag with um, a cracker and some juice in it, because we're going to celebrate communion together. Jesus invites us to eat the bread and wine, partly to remember his body broken and his blood poured out for us on the cross. But also, as we participate in that, since the death of Jesus, we're invited into who Jesus is, his life, his purpose uh, that he wants to give to us. The themes of bread and wine are all over the scriptures, and uh, especially in the Gospels. In fact, there's kind of like these code words, and there's a bunch of kids with us tonight. You guys know code words from some of the video games you play, right? And maybe if you're texting, you also know code words. They just, you know, one word means a whole bunch of other stuff. And there's code words in the Gospels. And if you read something like give thanks or eat and drink or take this bread, these are little code words for the Eucharist or communion or the Holy Supper, what we're celebrating tonight with the wine and bread. John, the gospel writer, records uh, a moment in Jesus' life with his disciples. He's, he's really getting into this, and he says something pretty uh, blunt, and you, you, when you read it for the first time, you've got to qualify it because it's obviously a bit metaphorical because he says, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood will have eternal life. And then he says it again, In that same discussion, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. And obviously it's a metaphor, and it's a metaphor for the body of Christ broken for us and the blood of Christ that will be poured out for us. But it's also a metaphor in what it means to lean into Jesus and embrace the life that he wants to give us. Jesus invites us to feast on him, to feast on his life-giving presence for us. And when we consume the elements that we're going to consume in a moment, the bread and the wine or the juice, um, we are invited to embrace this life that Jesus gives us. Now, as a human being, all of us are humans in this place, I can concur, (laughs) we're we're consumers. We consume. In fact, we consume to survive. If you've, you've probably eaten today, and then your body's taken that and given you energy, and you're kind of recycling that energy, and you need nutrition. So we're like, just by habit, we're consumers, right? And, uh, and so that's really important for us. In fact, you can't stop consuming. If you stop consuming food or drink, you would eventually die. So we're, it's just normal that we're consumers. And, uh, but we're also, there's something in our culture that's more than just consuming food and drink. We've actually become a culture called a consumeristic culture or consumerism. That's a pattern of consuming that can be destructive or dangerous for us because we consume stuff more than just food and drink, like buying things and, and, and wanting things that we hope are going to give us meaning and purpose and significance and, and happiness. And we buy products and, and update technology and, and get new cars, often for this very purpose, right? To feel a little bit better. 
How many, how many people have walked into a mall after it was closed for so long and you have this sigh of relief like, oh my gosh, this feels so normal. Or maybe you bought something and you walked out with a branded bag and maybe that just gave you a little boost of energy. No? Nobody's going to admit to that? Okay, yeah, a few people. But now, of course, during the pandemic, we've had the help from our friends at Amazon, right? They just kind of send us stuff. And like how many people, when the Amazon box drops at your door, there's a little boost of joy, like dopamine, you know, shot into your brain because you just feel good all of a sudden. It's like the box is here. I bought something. Feels good. And so whether it's the addition to your closet or addition to your tech or addition to your garage, somehow it gives you a shot of happiness. There's this author, his name is William Cavanaugh. He has this incredible phrase about the bread and wine. He says, to consume the Eucharist or communion, to consume the Eucharist is an act of anti-consumption. Not anti-consumption, the kind of food we need to live, but anti-consumption where we feel the need to get stuff to, to live. Good Friday is, is a beautiful invitation merged with Thursday evening, the Last Supper, because it invites us to consume something that breaks the cycle of consumerism. It's a paradox. It's like Jesus is inviting us to consume so we stop consuming. Isn't that crazy? It's like, take this so you'll stop, you know, wanting something else. And when Jesus shares these words about eating and drinking in John 6, it's after a series of events where he's trying to teach his disciples the true source of life. In fact, there's this, the whole context in John 6, the Passover festival's coming, where the Jews would celebrate and remember how God rescued them from slavery in Egypt, and God told them to prepare a meal with a lamb, and the blood of that lamb would be posted on their door frames, and God would rescue them as, they were, as he was going to take them out of Egypt. And so this festival was, was kind of on the rise. It was coming, and they were going to celebrate it soon. And so this is in the minds of Jesus and his disciples and there's a crowd of people like 5,000 the gospel writers tell us that are dying of hunger they have no food and the disciples are like Jesus how are we going to feed these people and Jesus just takes these five uh, loaves of bread and two fish and and literally just starts multiplying them he multiplies them he gives thanks code word gives thanks breaks it and starts multiplying it over and over again until everybody's fed. It's like there's leftovers for lunch the next day. It's amazing. The crowds are so excited. They love what Jesus did. They follow him like Jesus crosses across the lake and they're like looking for Jesus and they're looking for more signs and they're looking for more of what he can give them and he confronts their desire and he says, you're looking for the wrong kind of food. You're looking for the wrong kind of bread. There's something better than the food I just gave you on the other side of the lake. Because that kind of food won't last. But there's a bread, there's a food that will give you true life. And that's bread from heaven. And he reminds them that even in that old story in Exodus where God led Israel through the desert and provided bread, he said, that bread was provided by my father, but my father also provides true bread for you. And he's talking about himself. Better than normal food. Because Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the true bread. So that's why he says, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And what he's saying is participate in the life that I want to give you. It's the only kind of food that breaks the cycle of the desires that you think you need and want to live. 
I'm going to finish that statement from that guy named William Kavanaugh. He writes this, to consume the Eucharist is an act of anti-consumption. And he goes on, he says, for here to consume is to be consumed. To be taken up into participation of something larger than the self, yet in a way that the identity of the self is paradoxically saved. See, Jesus invites us to consume. There's a couple of movements here that I want to just walk through. And the first one, really simply, is, is consuming. Consuming the life of Jesus. Jesus says, take of me, eat of me. I, wanna, I want you to participate in my life. See, when we consume later on the bread and, and the wine, we are consuming something that works against other acts of consumption because we are participating in the life of Jesus it's the kind of true life, the true source that only God can give. And so when we consume Christ, we consume something that no other cons consumption can give us. And no other consumed uh, good can ever give us. And that's true life. That's eternal life. And Jesus invites us to consume. But something happens in that consumption that Kavanaugh alludes to. It's when we consume that wine and bread, we become consumed by God. Jesus says, eat of me and drink of me, and he says, then you'll abide in me, and I will abide in you. This exchange takes place, this sense of we're receiving something from Jesus. He's consuming us because we allow him to, like, literally wrap our lives with him. He becomes the Lord of our lives fully. So we be consumed by him. We become to participate something that consumes us. Cassia, who read scripture earlier for us before, I've heard her in some of our prayer gatherings, and uh, she often has this little phrase that she says in prayer. It's a prayer. She says, consume me, Lord. Or sometimes in plural, she says, consume us, Lord. It's this invitation in prayer that, that God would really be everything, that God would take over, that God would wrap, uh, you know, wrap us with his presence, that God would really enfold us and help us understand that our lives are only meant to be lived fully in him. God, consume us. A fourth century church leader named Augustine said, God is the food that consumes us. God is the food that consumes us. No other food can consume us. God can consume us. When we embrace Christ, we become consumed by Christ. And what happens, and here's this other movement, we become less of a cultural consumer. When we consume Christ and Christ consumes us, we become less of a cultural consumer. When we eat this bread and drink this wine, our hunger and our thirst becomes satisfied. Kavanaugh says this. He says, the insatiability of human desire is absorbed by the abundance of God's grace in the gift of the body and blood of Christ. The insatiability of human desire. In other words, our human desire always wants more and more and more but it becomes absorbed in the abundance of God's grace and the gift in the bread and the wine, which reflects Jesus. Maybe you've been somewhere, maybe even in your homes, like you've like cooked like up a storm. Uh, I make a pretty good nacho dish, ask my kids, and uh, whenever I make nachos, whether we're one or four, I just make the whole pan. I don't know why, and then whether it's one or four of us or more of us, 
we just finish it, and it's just crazy. But my wife makes mean tacos. She's pretty good at that. And so this week she made some tacos, and uh, she prepared, you know, meat with kind of veggies and stuff inside. And, and it was crazy because we all ate. We were done supper. We were so full, and there was like three-quarters of the dish of meat was still there. I'm like, what? We hardly had it. We didn't even put a dent in this thing. And I ate leftovers like three times after that meal, uh, you know, and, and I tried to get my kids to eat. And it's like, guys, we got to eat this. And it was crazy because we had just so many, so many leftovers. And it just reminds me of the abundance of Christ when he is our provider. Did you, when, when Christ gives, there's always leftovers. When he fed the 5,000, there was leftovers. When, when we participate and we consume Christ and Christ consume, consumes us, us, we are now less than cultural consumers. We don't need as much because Christ gives and we receive and we get absorbed into his abundant life. It's amazing how much he gives and keeps giving. And when that happens in our lives, something changes. We become contributors, not just consumers. Because in the Eucharist, in the bread and wine that we're taking tonight in, participating in the life of Jesus, we become part of Christ's body. And then we become this offering to the world, this consecrated bread to the world. We offer ourselves to the world. So tonight we're going to take the wine and bread. I have, have it in my pocket and we're going to share it in a moment. See, Good Friday, what we're celebrating tonight, it saves us. What Jesus did on the cross saves us. What Jesus did on the cross saves us from our sin and saves us from this constant search for contentment or this constant search to be satisfied. But then it turns us into takers into givers. It turns consumers into contributors. It changes us. And we participate in something bigger than ourselves and we become this consecrated bread to the world. Holy Spirit, we welcome your work in our hearts and our lives. And we can sing of your goodness, oh God, on this Good Friday. In the midst of death and crucifixion, we call it good because of your goodness towards us. Oh God, for anyone here this evening that has come feeling empty and dry and drained, feeling distant or disconnected, feeling unloved or unvaluable, feeling far, lost, needing discernment. Oh God, I pray, Lord, with our hearts and our palms open to receive from you that your goodness would shower into our hearts and our minds and our lives right now. May we be reminded on this Good Friday of your goodness. And may we be reminded of your closeness to us, of your love for us, of your commitment to us, that you are for us. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? 
Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com slash giving. Until next time, peace.